0: Start the new year off strong by participating in the Dairy Business Association's annual Dairy Strong Conference on January 19th through the 20th in Madison, Wisconsin. Surround yourself with forward-thinking farmers and other business owners at Dairy Strong. We bring together a wide variety of management philosophies and explore innovative ideas. If you can't make it in person, there's a virtual option. Register for Dairy Strong at dairyforward.com.
1: Welcome to Dairy Stream, brought to you by the Dairy Business Association and Edge Dairy Farmer Cooperative, sister organizations that fight for sensible dairy policy in Wisconsin and Washington, D.C. Dairy Stream focuses on issues affecting the dairy community and our customers. Hi, I'm your host, Mike Austin. Well, today on Dairy Stream, we're going to talk about understanding rumen microbiomes. And also, we're going to talk about uh, the role that they play in productivity and accomplishing farm goals. And to do that today, we're joined by Dr. Brooke Anderson. She's a microbiome scientist with Native Microbials Incorporated. In fact, Brooke recently completed her doctorate in microbiology from the University of California, San Diego. So an interesting topic and certainly terms that I think maybe you as a a farmer or a listener have heard before, but maybe we're going to delve a little deeper and understand how that's going to make a difference, especially when you talk about the role it plays in productivity and accomplishing your personal farm goals. First of all, uh, Dr. Anderson, thank you very much uh, for being with us. Let's just start with kind of a workman's definition of what are rumen microbiomes.
2: So really any microbiome is just this microscopic ecosystem. So and these ecosystems are made up of just these fundamentally communities of microscopic organisms and we call these microscopic organisms, microbes. These microbes that make up microbiome can include bacteria, fungi, viruses, or these other small organisms that you maybe don't think you know about called protists, but they're actually include the parasites that cause coccidiosis. So you actually may know a protist after all. And since these microbes like bacteria and fungi live everywhere, We see microbiomes virtually everywhere as well. The rumen microbiome in specific is just the community of microbes that we find in the rumen. So these rumen microbiomes are made up of microbes that are specifically adapted to the rumen environment. That means they have to live under a certain pH. They live in an environment that is oxygen-free, which we call an anaerobic environment. And they're just being constantly inundated with these plant fibers and starches that the rumen microbes have to be able to break down in order to live. Something that really particularly sets apart the rumen microbiome, from the microbiota in the guts of non-ruminant mammals is that a ruminant is entirely dependent on their rumen microbiome to break down food for them. Cows do not actually have the ability to break down plant matter themselves. Instead, the rumen microbiome is required for them to actually be able to uh, break down their food. So that's rumen microbiome.
1: Okay. Well, thank you for that uh, textbook definition. Appreciate that. Let's talk specifically though about uh, the microbes in the rumen. How actually are they tracked?
2: The sort of plastic microbiology method of tracking microbes is Called culturing. So basically, someone can take a sample of rumen content and they smear it in a petri dish and they just see where it grows. These techniques have some flaws. In the 1950s, a scientist named Robert Hungate kind of advanced the field when he realized that a lot of the microbes in the rumen are exclusively adapted to the environment of the rumen, which is, again, one that has a lot of carbon dioxide gases, but it doesn't have any oxygen. And in fact, to a lot of microorganisms in the rumen, oxygen is Toxic. We call these oxygen-intolerant microbes, anaerobes. And so where before in these sort of classic microbiology techniques, people were just throwing rumen contents into petri dishes in the open air and then missing anything that couldn't grow wherever there was oxygen, these techniques that Dr. Hungate developed allowed us to be able to see this whole new set of microbes, to track this whole new set of microbes that we hadn't seen before, these anaerobes. But this is the new millennium, and technology and data science has really advanced. And so we actually have basically a kind of microbiologist. It's one that fits more at a computer than they do at a bench with petri dishes. And they use a technique called sequencing. And so in sequencing, we're just reading the A, T, Cs, and Gs of DNA that every organism has, and we identify the complete set of genetic information in the cow rumen these days. So we just basically go and sequence the entire content of the rumen, and we don't have to worry about whether things can grow or not in specific conditions. And so sequencing has become very cheap in the last 5 to 10 years. And so now when we're tracking rumen microbes, we can and have been sequencing rumens all over the place in order to understand how they develop and change and are related to metrics of cow health um, and productivity.
1: Understanding rumen microbiomes, and that's our topic today on Dairy Stream. Our guest is Dr. Brooke Anderson, microbiome scientist with Native Microbials Incorporated. And let's take a a look at the fact of the different stages we have for the bovine or, or the cow. As you know, we go from the calf to the heifer to the dry cow to the fresh cow to the milking cow. How is that activity different from in each stage?
2: One of the biggest shifts in any mammal's life is the transition from mother's milk to solid foods, especially plant matter, which looks a lot different than just liquid milk, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Diet is actually one of the main driving forces in shaping what the rumen microbiome looks like. Now, since calves are initially only hindgut digesters, this looks a little bit different in, 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 in dairy cows. And the development of their rumen takes a good bit of time as their esophageal groove starts to close and the rumen starts to be colonized and as they start to pass food through it. Something that's kind of cool about dairy calves is that they seem to be Set up for success from very early on, even before they're eating plant matter. We see these microbes showing up in the rumen microbiome that we know are able to digest fibers, even though these calves have not even seen plant fibers yet in their diet. And so this is pretty cool. It means that the cathrumin is very supportive of these. Sort of native microbes that just are priming them to be able to prepare as mature cows for the plant matter that they're going to eat and get energy from. Beyond the calf stage, there are obviously these shifts between low energy and high energy diets, for example, during calving. And these shifts in diet also come with changes in the rumen microbiome. These periods where uh, the microbiome is shifting along with the diet, we think of these as time periods that we want to be able to harness and use for microbiome-based interventions. These periods of dynamic change seem to be the most opportune time for us to try and get in there and shift microbiomes towards a certain end state. Uh, and so the goal is that whenever you're trying to intervene with the microbiome, you're going to do it during these shifts that we have whenever we have changes in the diet.
1: Okay so when we talk specifically about you know when I really should be paying attention to the rumen activity uh, does is that occur already in the calf stage or when specifically should say hey as a producer you really need to focus now
2: Even just when they are born they're already developing a rumen microbiome it's a little right, bit, okay. it's a bit slower than it is in other other mammals. But again, these from day one, they are getting ready to prepare to digest plant matter. And so at those initial stages, we don't know a ton about how this microbiome develops, what is really driving it towards these particular end states. And that's a kind of cool area of open research. But it obviously is very impactful in uh, making sure that we have cow that's able to use plants and digest them for their own energy.
1: Okay, Brooke, so we kind of talked about the different stages and the impact when we talk about uh, rumen activity. Now let's talk a little bit about uh, microbiomes and does that activity change from breed to breed? I mean, is there a certain breed that actually is more efficient?
2: So animal genetics do seem to have some role in shaping the microbiome and presumably a significant one. They are probably, their role is probably coming through microbes interacting with the cow's metabolism um, and its immune system. And so ultimately, the rumen microbiome of two Jersey cows will look more similar to each other than they do to a Holstein rumen microbiome. However, nearly All cow rumens do share a sort of common set of, a common subset of microbes. And we call this the core rumen microbiome. Outside of this core rumen microbiome, then, we do have breed and individual specific, what we call kind of accessory microbes. And all microbes often have this sort of specialty function. Uh, And within a rumen, that could be something like the ability to break down specific kinds of starches or different kinds of cellulose, or it might be the ability to ferment uh, sugars into a very specific volatile fatty acid, and so depending on the overall capabilities of the microbes within a cow's rumen, you can end up having individual cows that are more efficient or less efficient at breaking down TMR. And even within multiple breeds that have been studied out there, there have been found to be correlations between what's in the rumen microbiome and milk production efficiency. So the answer is basically it will change from breed to breed. It's not necessarily as straightforward as whether one breed is more efficient than the other because overall we have a lot of cow-to-cow variation in microbiome leading to productivity and efficiency.
1: Yeah, well, and thanks for that clarification, too. So, we kind of understand more fully that it can happen within a breed, and there are some differences in the breed, but there's really no specific breed that's the most efficient. And again, we are spending time with Dr. Brooke Anderson. She is a microbiome scientist, and she's with uh, Native Microbials Incorporated, and we've been talking about understanding rumen microbiomes, and we're going to talk after the break a little bit more about uh, the role they play in productivity and accomplishing farm goals, but kind of leading up to that, I know a lot of you are wondering about this whole topic and rumen microbiomes and what they really mean to my bottom line productivity. So, Brooke, that's the final question I'll ask you for this segment is, uh, does putting a focus on a rumen microbiomes really make a difference when it comes to productivity?
2: Absolutely. To give a little context for that, I'm going to zoom out and look at the entire rumen. And I told you that we have been sequencing a lot of rumens in the microbiology world. And what we've learned is that over 99% of the genes within the rumen are coming from microbes. So less than 1% are from the cow. That means that there's this enormous potential for improving rumen function, such as increasing digestibility of feed or maintaining cow health. We have this enormous potential for improving rumen function through manipulating the rumen microbiome. While breeders have been optimizing cow genetics for a while, we still have all this variability in rumen microbiomes from one cow to the another. And that's likely to have a large factor in impacting production. So the goal when we're optimizing rumen microbiomes is, in order to increase productivity is to ensure that the microbes in the rumen are actively equipped with the ability to break down fibers and starches that it comes across in TMR. And so we want to be maximizing microbes that actually have the toolkits for degrading plant matter. This is essential in order to get the most energy out of every mouthful of feed. And so in addition to approaching productivity just from this your efficiency standpoint of breaking down feedstuff, we have this additional layer of a healthy rumen microbiome is one that is capable of outcompeting pathogenic bacteria such as Clostridium perfringens. And so treating the microbiome as a genuinely huge part of rumen health will result in an ultimately healthier and higher producing
1: cow makes a lot of sense and again, we do appreciate uh, the comments of Dr. Brooke Anderson. She'll be back with us after the break and we're gonna get into, she mentioned the word research. She was involved in some research and we're gonna get into some of those uh, details and again, focus a little bit more on the role of productivity and helping you accomplish your farm goals. That when we continue here on Dairy Stream. And we'll be right back with our Dairy Stream podcast after we hear from our sponsor.
0: Native Microbials is a microbiology company focused on improving animal health, productivity, and sustainability. The company has spent several years analyzing the dairy cow rumen microbiome to understand the unique biochemistries at play within the cow and how the microbial communities within this highly complex environment influences the cow's health, nutrition, and performance. Their latest innovation, Galaxis Frontier, is comprised of highly impactful native rumen microbes and is now available to dairy farmers. Learn more at nativemicrobials.com.
1: Well, welcome back to Dairy Stream. I'm your host, Mike Austin. It's brought to you by the Dairy Business Association and Edge Dairy Farmer Cooperative. Today, we're focusing on microbiomes, especially when we talk about uh, rumen microbiomes. And our guest today is Dr. Brooke Anderson. We're certainly glad to have her on hand. And uh, Brooke, before we took our break, we talked a little bit about uh, some research and maybe get more into what type of research your team has done. And can you share some of your findings from that?
2: Absolutely. Let's talk about some of this cool research. I've mentioned earlier that it's become very easy and cheap to sequence cow rumen microbiome. And our team has actually gone out and sequenced over 6,500 rumens. And so this is what's able to tell us exactly what kind of microbes we're finding in cows, regardless of their diet or where they are in the world. And we now know what kind of microbes are there. We've also learned uh, in what amount they exist across all these different cow rumen microbiomes. We can also see how active different microbes are within the rumen. Are there certain activities that are really prevalent in the rumen that are really important? And from all this information, this information about the microbes in the rumen, as well as information about the cows, so how healthy was it, what was body condition score, all these different pieces of information about the cow's health and status we can use these interesting sort of societal network algorithms in order to understand how each microbe is affecting each other as a part of this microscopic community, and also what microbes are really highly associated with healthy and high-producing cows. And so we can essentially rank microbes as how important they are for influencing the microbiome in positive ways and improving cow health and productivity. So from all this fancy sequencing data that has been done pretty much entirely on a computer, we can then go back the lab into the lab and try and get these particular influential microbes out of the rumen. So we take rumen samples that have all these microbes in it and we do this anaerobic culturing that I was talking about before where we're growing rumen samples in an anaerobic environment in order to actually get these microbes in the lab so we can study them more. We do all sorts of in vitro tests on these native rumen microbes that we get out of rumen samples and we ask what are these important rumen microbes doing? We find that some of them are plant matter degraders. They might specialize in a certain enzyme. These are the things that chop fibers up into sugars. Some microbes are really good fermenters. They can take those sugars released by fiber degraders and then ferment them into volatile fatty acids like acetate, butyrate that these are the the molecules that the cow is taking up and using for health. Some microbes have more specialized functions. For example, species might convert the plant fat that you find in forage into these more specialized fats that the cow then can use to make CLAs, which are these good fats that we find in milk. Right. And so all of these interesting pieces of information about just the microbes in general also needs to play a part in what matters when we actually find these rumen microbes in the cow rumen. And so we have done a lot of university studies and studies with research institutes to show that when we have more of these really important influential microbes in the cow rumen, the ones that have these fiber degrading, these VFA fermentation abilities, it's actually translating into increased digestion of feed and more efficient milk production. We see that fecal starch digestibility tests increased digestion of feed starch In order to produce four to six pounds of more milk, we're only seeing up to like two pounds increase in dry matter. And so that feed energy is being used up for increased milk production. So these rumen microbes do seem to be very good at, at actually digesting feed stuff and turning it into milk.
1: And I think that's the point that's perked up a lot of producers ears about today's Dairy Stream, which has been focusing on understanding rumen microbiomes and also the role that rumen microbiomes play in productivity. And I think that's really where the rest of our focus will be during Dairy Stream. Our guest is Dr. Brooke Anderson, microbiome scientist with Native Microbials Incorporated. And I wanna move kind of now into the nitty gritty that when you look at the ration, when you look at feed costs, How all this knowledge could make you not only more productive, but more efficient in producing milk. Let's talk about where we're doing this podcast from, and that's here in the Midwest. I think you've heard rumors that we kind of experience cold winters. Well, what about a cow's diet then? When it gets extremely cold, should it be adjusted?
2: Yeah, so I'm not a feeder or a nutritionist, so I won't speak too much about adjusting diets seasonally. I'm based out of San Diego. I really don't think
1: that I should have. I, I think your seasons don't change much at all. But but what about but, the general just about the general point, when we get those colder yeah. weather, should there be the idea that maybe, yeah, you should be adjusting your ration?
2: again, I'm not a nutritionist, I'm not going to tell you how to change your diet, but I will mention that we know again that whenever the diet is changed, we have these large shifts in the microbiome. So this is just another opportunity for you to be paying attention to your cow's rumen microbiome and its health there to make sure that it's not being set on a wrong track or being affected uh, negatively. Otherwise, even as you're shifting diets, if you are in these cold periods. So again, like it's kind of cool because rumen microbiomes don't actually change maybe as much as you might think during these cold periods of time. And that's just because they tend to be very warm. And so there's not this huge shift, even when the external temperatures are very cold. But again, if you're changing the diets, this is just a, this is a time to be paying attention to the cascade of changes that diet causes in the rumen microbiome. And so maintaining health at those points is the goal.
1: I think you still answered that question and appreciate that. Uh, Brooke, I want to ask you then, let's phrase this a different way then. Obviously, producers are concerned about rising feed costs. So from that perspective, how can having a better grasp of rumen activity help a farmer when it comes to their bottom line?
2: fundamentally, we are looking at increasing feed efficiency. We want to be able to increase milk production without the cows eating up that increase in profit. And so the goal is just increased digestion of feed that's already delivered in order to provide more energy to the cow for milk production. And these rumen microbes that are really good at breaking down fibers and fermenting them into volatile fatty acids, these are the ones that are really going to be impactful in increasing productivity and uh, getting you more
1: bang for your buck. Again, our guest is Dr. Brooke Anderson, a microbiome scientist with Native Microbials Incorporated. And just pausing there for a moment. Uh, I think one of the things that you know we've talked a lot about in agriculture over the last decade or so, and certainly been a focus for even longer than that, but that's uh, environmental footprint. And farmers are looking at ways of improving that. Can putting a focus on rumen microbiomes help a cow be more sustainable?
2: Yeah. So there are a lot of studies that are currently looking into how we can reduce enteric methane emissions. So these are the burps. right? Uh, Since the rumen microbes that are making methane out of carbon dioxide that's in the rumen, there are a lot of different avenues through which people are trying to reduce the microbes that are producing this methane, and they're called methanogens. Um, We have data that shows that in general, more efficient animals make less methane. This makes some sense because the carbon from carbon dioxide instead of going into methane might be going into a more valuable molecule like acetate which then the cow can take up and use for its own energy. So instead of losing that carbon into methane and it just being burped out into the atmosphere and lost forever, the goal is to try and make sure that we can take, we can harvest that carbon back into useful molecules for cows, uh, for them to use as energy. So Improving feed efficiency in this way may work towards a number of sustainability goals. For one, you can be reducing enteric methane emissions, but you can also be reducing the amount of feed production that's necessary in order to get the same amount of milk. So less fertilizers, less water. When we're looking at actually reducing methane, we have to either inhibit methanogens or we have to just inhibit the process of methanogenesis, so the methane generating abilities of these archaea, another microbe. And methods that inhibit methanogenesis have had varying success in reducing methane production. I will note that using this sort of a methane reducer, this methane uh, production inhibitor, it might affect the hindgut in addition to the foregut. So if you're thinking about these sorts of methane, uh, methanogenesis inhibitors, then this is certainly something to ask about and understand. Um, Is this, whether or not it affects the hindgut in addition to the foregut, because inhibitor activity in the hindgut would affect the utility of these on-farm anaerobic digesters that I know so many people have installed. Mm -hmm. Alternate approach instead would be to outcompete the methanogens that are already in the rumen. And so to do this, you'd have to be finding some group of microbes in the rumen that can directly compete against these methanogenic uh, microbes for the carbon dioxide that they use for energy. So, preferably, these competitors would be something like the acetogens that I briefly referred to earlier, which are going to turn carbon dioxide into more valuable compounds like acetate instead of just losing it to methane that gets
1: just breathed out into the atmosphere. So when we're talking about sustainability or environmental footprint, the major impact is on the methane production? I mean, is that the general value of, uh, you know, knowing more about uh, the rumen? That's really the main environmental benefit?
2: I think methane production is a valuable one that we are continually looking into and that is obviously quite important, but also this increasing feed efficiency in general is a really uh, nice avenue to be paying attention to when we're talking about sustainability and microbiome health. Because again, if we have less costs associated with the food production, whether those are uh, environmental costs or even actually just numerical costs, then we we have an advantage there as well. Um, I'll also point out that As far as what people... Deemed to be sustainable, this is the concept of modulating the rumen microbiome with other microbes, is a concept that is quite appealing to many people because there's no synthetic production involved in these things. These are, when we're looking at something like what my company's been working on, these are microbes that are native to the rumen, they are natural. They are, in some ways, a lot of people might consider that to be an additional benefit of, in achieving sustainability goals, that there's none of this really damaging uh, chemical processing.
1: Good. And that's what I wanted you to kind of bring the light outside of just the methane aspect. And we're talking about feed efficiency. We're talking about productivity is trying to get more per cow at a lower input cost. And you also said the natural aspect of it. And again, it's been a fascinating conversation. We appreciate uh, everything that you've shared with us, uh, Dr. Anderson. I want to close with how can uh, I as a producer or my farm operation really stay up to date with the latest trends when when we talk about rumen health?
2: So I'll encourage you to talk to your nutritionist with the hope that they are learning more about the human microbiome and keeping up to date with the latest literature. Um, we also do a lot of in-house research ourselves in order to better understand For example, how our endomicrobial product is shaping the rumen microbiome to improve the cow's ability to make more milk. So keep an eye out for native microbials at conferences and expos in order to have a chance to catch up with me or one of our other microbiologists. I will actually be at the Dairy Strong Conference in Madison uh, coming up here if you want to find me for any follow-up questions or discussion. Um, And lastly, you can learn more at nativemicrobials.com.
1: Thank you very much. We've learned a lot today on Dairy Stream. Thanks to Dr. Brooke Anderson, microbium scientist with Native Microbials. Again, we thank, uh, as always, our quality producer and editor of Dairy Stream, that is Joanna Guza. And of course, we do want to thank you, our listeners, as you share your valuable time today, digesting information that uh, we share and (laughs) that try to give you a better understanding of things that are happening in the industry. And we do all this, really increasing your dairy's productivity, and profitability, as we all are striving for a more sustainable dairy industry. Thanks again for being with us. I'm Mike Austin, and this has been Dairy Stream. The Dairy Business Association and Edge Dairy Farmer Cooperative would like to thank you for listening to Dairy Stream. If you enjoyed listening to our podcast, please subscribe and rate Dairy Stream. We value your feedback. And if there's something you'd like to hear, just email us, Podcast at dairyforward.com.